Hello and uh, welcome back to Jibberish with Gerard. Um, this is episode number 5 and I uh, actually can't believe it because it's been close to a month now since I started this whole adventure and here we are. So today we are going to do you know, slightly different from the previous two episodes. It's, it's not going to be very serious or anything. It's It's going to... You're going to have a very uh, fun, relaxed, you know, sort of like a laid back interaction with my guest today. Uh, but at the same time, I will also assure you that it's, uh, you know, it is going to be a very meaningful conversation, you know, uh, especially for my target audience, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I'm joined by my fellow junior co- college junior who actually becomes my senior from a university point of view, because thanks to Ennis. Uh, but yeah, so let's welcome Priya. Hi, Priya. Hi, Gerard. Yo, so hi. Um, why not like introduce yourself to the audience? Um, I'm currently doing biomedical engineering in NUS, and I guess I'm just a normal college student. Yeah. All right, okay. So... That's a quite brief intro, but okay. Uh, so Priya, right, the, the reason why I called you for this uh, podcast episode is because uh, university is you know, around the corner, starting soon mm-hmm. for a lot of people in about a month yeah. or so, uh, especially for you know, friends of my age who just completed NS. And um, you have you know, a rather unique journey when it comes to university, isn't it? Yeah, so, somewhat. <laughs> yeah, so that is uh, what we are going to explore and talk about today. Uh, I believe it wasn't a, a straightforward, easy path you know, to do what exactly you're doing right now. So before we get into all that mess that I know, um, let's, let's revisit your life about five years ago. So let's just go back five years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you exactly want to pursue in uni? back then like what was your so-called dream job well i guess i wanted to be a doctor in a and a woman in a corporate setting and okay if you ask me why doctor because being in a typical indian family most of our parents have the same expectations right either doctor or a lawyer yeah i guess my parents did not force it on me until i told them that i was interested in saving lives back when i was like 10 Okay. And well, I stuck to that till I was like in J1. Mm. And I only started realizing that medicine was more than saving lives in maybe J1 end. And why corporate settings? Because mainly when I was younger, I used to think that women in corporate world was more powerful than women anywhere else, especially those in those kind of leadership roles. Uh, I'm not really a person who accepts or tries for leadership roles, but I've always admired women in such roles, mainly because they seem very powerful and never failed to captivate me. I think, yes. I think you've watched too many movies <laughs> for you to get that kind of <laughs> idea. But <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, so... Okay, so you said you wanted to become a doctor, right? I mean, that was like your initial plan. Mm-hmm. And that's a very mm-hmm. science-based kind of a career. And yeah. from, from there, how did you end up zeroing on uh, architecture? Mm. Okay, so 
basically after being an assassin for almost all my life i was kind of tired of it and wanted to try something new i did really enjoy science back in my schooling days until like j1 j2 mm. and in jc although i took a science stream i could feel myself being tilted more towards the arts okay uh mainly, mainly because um after taking three humanities and three science back in secondary school i could not tell which one i enjoyed more mm. hence i went on with the more traditional route of doing a science stream and my family also did not want me to risk my choices because they are definitely going to affect my uni choice and i guess thank them cause that's what has helped me right now mm. and even when i wanted to do like hl econs instead of hl math my sister was like i'm totally against it so and i had no say against hers in the house so i took a science stream mm. but subconsciously i did know that i was driven more towards um social sciences i enjoyed learning about cultures econs politics psych but the thing was i did not know i was driven towards it and well i did not have the right opportunities to even explore them mm. but i did know that it was a conscious thought that if i choose a stem stream i'll be stuck in lab forever i guess now i am but <laughs> that's a different case yeah. so let me tell you how much i hate lab works even for my eyes and ears I tried my very best to stay away from any sort of lab work. For my EE I took mm. world studies with psychology and language and for bio or IA I took a database IA which required me to not even step into the lab. Well for chem IA I did not kind of have a choice. So I did the easiest of throwing styrofoam balls into acetone. Okay. Mm. Um if you ask me why I ended up in architecture or well yeah. used to end up in architecture it's mainly because <laughs> mainly it was a very hasty decision on my side because when i first got my ib score there were only two things in my mind no science no engineering i previously mentioned why i did not want a stem career but then i was i started thinking what was the next best and it struck me that architecture was somewhat the next best career i would want and career path um so i did not think it was like always in mm-hmm. the back of your mind it wasn't until i got my ib results and then when i went to look through all the courses and then i didn't mm. know that i did consider taking a humanities based course like i was heavily considering like communication and media economics and psychology but I did choose architecture course um rather than those because I know my parents would definitely say no because their next choice next question was going to be what I was going to do as a career in the future and back then I did not have an answer for it so I decided to think of a more straightforward course um which was architecture okay yeah so I guess what was I thinking when I first chose that well hasty decision cause it was somewhat the first thing i saw on edgeus website and well i would say well i used to love drawing painting and crafts okay so i thought yeah so i thought um i could do well but i did not give a second thought on the career options 
for architecture because it was very narrow. Mm. And my parents were pretty happy with my choice, mainly because my sister is a designer and my cousin is an architect too. So they they were very happy and they thought, why not? Yeah. So that's why, that, that was what actually led me to choose architecture in the first place. But actually, like, yeah. thinking about it, don't you think you left it a bit too late when it comes to, like, deciding your career choice? Because you told me that you only, like, decided it after getting your IB results, right? Um, yeah, in a sense, um, I did not really think about my career pathway anytime when I was, like, studying. Okay. Mainly because I was told that when I, yeah, whenever I wanted to do something, I was told that focus on your studies first. So I just... So, whenever I had a career um, choice pop in my mind, I just thought, okay, well, it's going to go away in like 10 days. It's just like for the hype mm, period, you know. Yeah, okay. Like, sometimes you would watch a movie and then you would want to be like that person. Mm. Yeah, so it's like, I dismissed all my career choices like that. So, I did not really think about career choices and everything that was in my mind back then was to have fun, do somewhat well, at least average for so IT. basically, you like, weren't paying attention in all those uni talks that um, happened in school. Huh? I did. I did, but I still didn't know what to do. So it was like... Okay. Yes, yeah. All right. So, okay. um, so going back, right? So, architecture is a very uh-huh. competitive course, right? In NUS. Like, I know you need to go mm, through... Extremely. ...interview. You need yeah. to submit a good portfolio. I mean, you need to submit a good portfolio mm-hmm. to get selected for the interview. Then you have to do well for the interviews. Yeah. And on top of all this, you also have to have like a good starting grade. So, it's a very competitive course. So, like, how much of hard work did you put into you know, coming up with the portfolio, prepping for the interview? Because, I mean, you, you didn't really have that much of an exposure to mm. arts uh, compared to, let's say, an, an IB student who took you know, SL Arts. so you have very little background from that point of view like from an educational arts point of view so Mm. how much of hard work you had to put in those three four months like in between your results Um, and your admission hmm. i guess more to the fact that i was very guided i had my sister who also did an interview for industrial designing so architecture interview was somewhat similar to it so, mm. yeah, she guided and then I had my seniors guiding me. So, um, I wasn't left lost in some sense. But I guess for portfolio compilation, interviews and personal statement, I did have to work a, work pretty hard, think about all those questions, go like an extra mile to impress your um, interviewers. So, um, to break it down in sections, let me talk about my... Uh, personal statement first. So since I applied to UK Unis too for architecture, my personal statement was very important and complicated. Important because we do know that UK Unis um, use personal statement a lot. Complicated because having chose a science stream my entire life, my achievements and exposure towards arts were very little. I had to literally dig out every single small achievement I had and talk about it when it comes to art. Mm. And uh, even my teachers did not know what to write in my reference letter. And I had to like beg them to somewhat write something there mm. to at least just I mean, submit that's, it. That's understandable, right? Yeah. Because, like doing totally like something very different. 
Yeah. You do something different, you're applying like a totally different course. Exactly. And for my portfolio-wise, I guess I did not have much problems with it because drawing, painting, art and craft is something I have always loved. Like back in my schooling days, whenever my exams end, the first thing you'll see me buying is a bunch of paint supplies or something from art rent and start my painting series for the holidays. Hence, um, um, being guided with my sister and her friends and, who work in architecture and my other seniors, I guess preparing for my portfolio was not really that hard. It's just I had to do more artworks and go one step further to see how the, to basically impress my professors there. And interview-wise, I personally felt that it went well. I was confident, and as I said, I did mm. went a little extra explaining my core passion. However, mm. throughout this entire process, I regretted one thing, which was I went against the advice of my family and friends. They kept on telling me to think of a backup in the event my architecture interview failed, so I do not get into the course. And I kind of dismissed their advice, but I realized I should have thought of something in the event I did not get into architecture. Because um, mainly for me, my, I wasn't very, uh, I wasn't ready to go into my second choice back then, which was biomedical engineering. So I guess I was just lucky I got in because I was not sure if I could have accepted my second choice. Yeah. But you ended up going to mm. later yeah okay so uh so now i mean you've gotten a place in uh nus architecture so it's like kind mm-hmm. of a dream come true moment right like something you've been mm. working for for like five six yeah. months so finally something pays off so like uh like how much were you looking forward to the start of uni like actually right, can you just like talk us through the first few months in architecture and like, how was mm-hmm. the transition from JC life to uni life? Like, and if you ask me, I'm I'm really mm-hmm. not sure what to expect in uni. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are also quite confused on what to expect. So mm-hmm. maybe you could yeah. advise us. Sure. Um, I was extremely over the moon when I first got my. Um, acceptance letter because I literally waited for quite some time before getting it and I was looking forward to it like very much but I would say yeah. that I was quite nervous too before I started architecture mainly because I did not know what to expect having not done anything art related in school and then being in a school which is like completely art like literal art mm. can you imagine mm. like they issued our first assignment on the day we met with our professors, which was like ahead of the start of the university semester. And I guess I was super oh, excited oh yeah. and ready to do the first exi- first assignment. Okay, but however, mm-hmm. I realized how independent we had to be when I started doing it because there was absolutely no guidance on how we were supposed to do. And in GLC, I would say that SGI did spoon feed us to a certain level and I felt very guided back in SGI and of course not as much as the other school and since um, mm. and another thing I would like to add is that since um, architecture is a very 
social communities. So you have to be close with your group mates, your batch mates, in order for you to do well in some friends. Because the only kind of advice you get is from your group mates and batch, uh, group mates and batch mates, and sometimes your professors. Mm. And since I did not attend any orientation camp, yeah, I was very lazy. There was a problem with mingling because most of them had their cliques outside our studio group, but my circle was mainly confined to my studio mates. I guess I'm not complaining because they were very approachable and extremely nice, but I guess I would have been more advantaged if I had the chance to mingle with everyone else outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you ask about my first semester in architecture, oh my god, let me tell you, it was such an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> like for the first, mm-hmm. for the first semester, it was solely drawings with some modeling at the later half of the semester. But the modeling's bit, it was kind of group work, so I kind of winged it. But the drawing, since I purely self-taught my artwork, drawing wise. I did not know what to even expect, and I did solely based on what my mm. professor told me without doing any kind of research. Like, I did not know that Pinterest had the whole. Uh, Pinterest was basically like our lottery for, art for any sort of ideas and stuff, and this, mm. and also this was mainly because, as I said back in JC, we were so school spoon fed, and I was still in my spoon fed mode. And in university, it's like completely mm. opposite, and it literally took me two semesters to realize how independent we have to be. And given that, I was literally waiting and hoping that my professor will teach me how to do all the drawings one day, which actually never happened. And I was mm. asked to learn it on my own. Mm. Like finally, my professor gave up on me. Cause I was so bad with my drawings, and she just asked me to go look at Pinterest, cause they had like so many ideas there, and yeah, and for the mm. first assignment, until the very day I decided architecture was not my thing, I basically had to cry for all my assignments, and this is not just me. This was like most of my studio mates, and mainly due to the fact that I had to spend mm. my whole night doing it. And turns out, I have to redo my entire assignment, even if there was like a small mistake, like even if one line was off, I had to the entire structure comes crumbling down, so I had to like redo the entire thing. Mm. But I guess I still enjoy the process because it was art drawing something I liked, but it was just very tedious. But other than that, I really liked it. Yeah. Mm. So when did you like realize that, or uh, what what made you realize that architecture wasn't the right course for you? And like at what point you know it struck you like okay, I think I have to stop. You know I have to change course. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? Mm. Um. Basically, you have from what I have said previously, you know that I did zero research before actually yeah. getting into the course. So unlike normal people. I did the research on architecture after I got into the course. That's, that's really... So the more I dive deep into the subject, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? I guess I will never forget my forgive myself for that. But yeah, oh, I guess the more I dive deep into the subject, or well, the career's prospects, the more I realized that the career was not what I would like or see myself doing mm. in five years. 
mainly because there was very little leeway for me to explore other career opportunities because archie is a very yeah. niche subject and moreover if you choose something that is not in line with architecture so if you choose to do like business or something there's very slim chance that you'll be successful mainly because unlike engineering or anything where you can come across some sort of business opportunities in archie throughout the four years or five you'll be very focused on that subject that you wouldn't have any time to even look at other career prospects or anything so it's very hard for you to be successful if architecture isn't something you want to do and well let me tell you it's very very hard to be successful even in architecture because mm. not a lot of people would um not a lot of people are that dedicated and not a lot of people have that much of talent to actually be successful in architecture yes and also after all my research i personally found the career prospects unrewarding as i said i had to redo my entire thing even though i liked it come when it comes to when you're doing it for your earnings you just feel like why did i put so much effort when what's coming out is so little mm. and everyone as much as yeah as i said i smart as i love doing the work after learning about all these kind of things i wasn't driven towards it and mainly because in architecture you are literally see through everyone mm. there are literally there's so many applicants and you be you are like see through and me and i i can literally say that i was one of the, the bottom few and i um and there were so many driven people so many dedicated people and i was just driving there and it's really hard to be the driving one in architecture and i guess if i did stay there i could have put in more effort throughout the years and learned more stuff and somewhat pull myself up mm. but as i said there wasn't a drive for me to do that and hence i realized i would rather do a course which kind of be more rewarding or at least interest me yeah okay so so from there right okay so you decided architecture mm-hmm. is not the right course for you so yeah you have come to yeah. a realization you've rationalized that process I mean, that is all okay now would say that's easier and actually breaking the news to your parents <laughs> cuz like they were coming from a <laughs> household i can definitely yeah. you know, imagine how hard that would have been so how did you manage to do it like, how did you go and tell your parents were you like nervous oh come on how like the first question my mom asked was what will, am i going to tell everyone that you are a dropout of architecture and That's yeah that was literally parents, what my mom asked exactly what, what and she was things. very worried <laughs> yeah and she was very worried about the stigma because not a lot of people choose the route of transferring and what not mm. and i did think about it when i was when i wanted to break the news to my parents and i would say i was trembling and nervous but i did think about it I w- but i wasn't worried about that or the scoldings i was going to get from my parents but it was more to the fact that what if they say no cause i really couldn't kind of imagine myself staying in architecture for um 
for another Sam or anything. So I was very scared that they would say no. But I guess my when I first told them, my mother obviously gave me that I told you not to take architecture look. <laughs> and yeah, as I said, she was shocked initially, mainly because of the stigma that surrounds with people transferring courses. Mm. But to me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't really a big thing. It, okay. uh, I, yeah, it wasn't really a big thing because it's my life. Why should I care about someone else who thinks about it? And I guess sooner or later, after talking to like my aunt and my sister, she came to accept that architecture is really a hard course and it's okay to um, drop it. And yeah, that that's why I guess I did not have that much of an issue convincing my parents, although initially they were shocked and whatnot. But also, of course, they realized that my reasoning for dropping architecture was pretty valid. So they kind of let me off. Yeah. So it was quite easy, I mean, in a sense, to convince them. Um, it wasn't that dramatic as much as, I, it, as much as I thought in my head, yeah. Okay, but, but then you have an elder sister, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she has had a pretty stable life, I would yeah. say. I mean, not as topsy-turvy as yours. Mm-hmm. So, like, were you able to, like, were, were there any, you know, awkward comparisons with your sister and, like, how much of a support was she to you? Come on, there will obviously be comparisons in an Indian household. But I guess my sister was very supportive, mainly because she has, she knows how hard the course is. Being in the same department as an architecture student or anything, she knows how hard the entire thing is. And she has seen for herself, her course is also nothing much um, easier. It's also pretty hard which is, she's doing industri- she did industrial designing. And I guess even the, con- so she was really supporting me and she was the one who stood by my side when I went to talk to my parents. And well, there were definitely some com- comparisons with my sister, but it wasn't really demotivating. If anything, it made me realize that I have to be more stable of my choices. And well, my sister, she's someone who actually researches and thinks about something before taking a stable, I mean, a decision, and she would not change. She's very stable. Unlike me, I'm like always fickle-minded and used to be driven by fantasies and realities. So our character was also like very different. Um, hence my my mom knew that we were completely different. Like my sister is super stable, I'm like super fickle-minded. So um, I guess my parents. Their comparisons weren't that bad. So it was just like learn from your sister sort of comparisons. And I guess I took it positively because there's no harm learning from her. So the comparisons did not really tip me off. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, I mean, you. So now you have convinced your parents mm-hmm. and everything. How did you like uh, appeal to change course in NUS? Like, can you brief, uh, briefly explain the whole process? Um, okay, the process of changing is transferring is quite straightforward because all you have to do is to, at least for the first semester, if you're transferring out in the first semester, all you have to mm. do is uh, write out um, mainly uh, a reasoning on why you want to transfer and attach your IB slip or A-level slip or whatever you need, um, whatever 
yeah, mm. which you have, um, and just submit it to your ad- admissions office, and they did they carried the process after that. Cause since I was transferring to not an elite course or anything, there wasn't much of like any sort of interviews or anything, and it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. What are the chances like of transferring out, like you know, like transferring a course? Is there any like, did anyone tell you you know you have this percentage of chance? Or was it like a guarantee? No. Um, okay. Well, a lot of people warned me that I have to at least get like all pass for my modules. So I have to pass all my modules, which was, I honestly, I thought I could, after fixing my mind on transferring and sending in my transferring letter, <laughs> I thought I could just shake my leg and not care about or anything. But I guess they said it mainly because my transferring credits were going to be carried over to my next semester. Oh, well, it's it's going to be added to my cap, so I had to. I had to do well for it. That was like the only advice people gave me that I have to, somehow at least try to get all my, at least try to pass all my modules, and get over with uh get over and done with the semester. Yeah, which was kind of stressful and hard, I guess when you are completely not driven, mm. I guess yeah, so. I remember you were, you were working like your ass off for the, the last project. Right? Excuse you. I mean, yeah, it was. You were like I super nervous the, and stuff. I was nervous because I just wanted to get it done and over with. It was kind mm. of because the project itself was, I would say, complicated. It was complicated, mm. and to me, I had zero drive to do it. So I tried to find my. I tried to find the easiest way out. I've been trying my best to find the easiest way out all this time. Mm. So I tried to find the easiest way out, but there was, it was actually pretty hard to take the easier route even. Yeah, so I was kind of nervous and I had to get a passing grade for my last project. And that project was, we need to had, a, had to do a crit. A crit is basically when we have to talk to our professors about what we have actually prepared in some sense. And it wasn't like drawing out buildings or something. It was about more of squeezing the, squeezing your creativity in some sense. So mm. it was very hard, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I had to do research about clouds and then experiment. And for example, we had to take... um. Uh, we have to take an anomalous cloud, like there are different type of cloud, like roll clouds and stuff, which you would only see, where, which you, would, which is very um abnormal to be seen. So I had to find yeah. how they actually created the pressure, the wind factors and everything. And then I had to map it out, come up with a layout on uh, using the different factors. I had to map it out and create some sort of um, motion kind of thing. And using that, I had to do modeling, mm. which was very complicated and hard. Wow. And imagine, I had zero drive. It sounds very yeah, complicated. exactly. And I was so lost because I skipped like one or two of my studios. Studio, and I was, trust me, it was such a mess. My, I didn't even, I don't even know how I got B for my grade, given the fact that I did not do what I was even supposed to do. But I guess, I guess it was, 
fun, but it's just I didn't have the drive to do it. Yeah, my student mates all enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. when you, when you got like a B, did, did you feel like, like you know, you could give a second? <laughs> like I mean, I mean, you did have the grades, right? Uh, come on, it's drive is something you could always develop in a sense. It's a fact that it was pity marks by my studio professor. I really <laughs> knew it was pity marks because whatever I did was nowhere near a B. But my parents were like, oh. Because I did not go in below a C for any of my grades, which I'm quite proud of. Because architecture knows nothing below C plus, and well, my parents were like, "Why not you just stay here? Cause you scored well." I was like, "No, ma, <laughs> yeah, mm. yes." So it was it was kind of a mess. Okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. So let's <laughs> talk about the mess. So, so you had this like. I don't know. It's like you know, like oh my god, yeah, eighty degree mm-hmm. flip like twice. So yeah, it started from med, and then yeah. you went to like archi, and then now from archi now <laughs> you you want to transfer to biomed engineering. So you went from like science to yeah. arts to science. So can you explain the whole thought process behind it? Because I find it very like intriguing that you made these two swaps and like what was going through your mind. I guess I did not have a choice but to transfer to science again. Let me tell you why. Okay, so initially when I first set my mind on transferring, I wanted to, as I said, I wanted to take mass media communication, psychology, or economics. But as I previously mentioned, um, my interest lay there, so I wanted to take one of those. And I did talk to a, quite a number of people and was pretty convinced that I wanted to do either one of them. But I knew my parents were going to be unapproving, and even when I told them, they were extremely unapproving of my choices. Cause they wanted to take, they wanted me to take a subject which wasn't na- too narrow, or anywhere near narrow. And of course, they wanted me to take engineering specifically, biomedical engineering, cause it's the closest I could get to medicine anywhere. And I, I was reluctant to accept their choice. But I knew that since my previous choice did not go that well, I guess maybe giving their their opinions a try was not a big thing. So I did transfer to STEM subject, and it was I would say it is still a very threatening subject compared to like any other engineering. Biomedical engineering is such a headache, trust me. But <laughs> engineering, but I'm still here not thinking of another transfer, mainly because biomedical engineering is a broad subject. And I know that engineering can lead me in a career which at least drops me in some sort of corporate setting, as I said previously, because that's mm-hmm. where I'm on. And mm-hmm. even with engineering, I guess if I do a um, master's in what I really like, I guess I can go to, I, I guess I can trick my career pathway towards it. Because engineering really has a lot of options if you look at it, and yeah, that's mm, that's why of career prospects. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of okay with biomedical engineering right now, and yeah, mainly because of my career flexibility, career choice flexibility, which I guess I'm not too sure need to explore more. Yeah. So you're not like anywhere close to like nailing it down in terms of career choice. Oh uh, no. <laughs> It's been what six months? No, I guess I need. I mm. still need some exposure. Yeah. 
And how did you feel, you know, when you were changing course? Because I'm pretty sure you would have made like new friends in architecture, you know, your studio mates. Mm. And like, you know, like were you apprehensive about joining a, a totally different course in a totally different faculty? Mm. Like, you know, like mm. how was it? And how how did you manage to adapt to joining mm. the new course for the second sem? Okay, mainly friends-wise, I did have a few, even when I was in architecture, I did have a few engineering friends for me to fall back to. So, I guess I knew mm. I, I had a base ground there. So, I wasn't very scared of friends factor. I mean, for biomedical engineering-wise, I guess um, I'm still trying to mingle there because, of course, it's been one year. Everyone has their own or half a year. Everyone has their own cliques where they are close and whatnot. But uh, since I had a um, base there, I wasn't really that, I wasn't really scared. And course-wise, faculty-wise, um, I guess, as I said, I hate science, I hate lab, I hate whatever I'm doing right now. <laughs> but <laughs> but okay. I guess it's still fine because it's not so bad. It's just, if I give it a thought or something, I can do it. But I guess I can push through. Yeah. And till now, I have only done uh, bi- one biomedical module and the others are mainly engineering modules. Trust me, engineering modules are such a killer. At least I can do biomedical mo- modules. But engineering modules, all the math and everything, and the science, physics especially, like taking biology back in JC was like, um, hits me back on my toe because I have completely forgot everything about physics. Mm-hmm. And when you are asked to go for like a physics module mm-hmm. as a bridging module, it's as if you have not done anything, and they do not recap anything from the past, so it's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. But biomedical module wise, I guess it's still fun to learn. Like. You learn about ventilators. You learn about pumps used in hospitals. It's fun, but mm. one thing I don't like is that mainly every single module, not every single module, but most of the modules involves coding. And trust me, if you want to come into engineering, mm. be prepared to code your entire life. Because it's, it's <laughs> mainly purely... Okay, not purely, but mainly a lot of your modules requires coding. And this adapting literally has taken me one semester. Mm. And I have, given the fact that I have not touched science or math in more than one year, and I was given something so saturated in those subjects, I guess I kind of died a little last semester, but it's fine. I still have six more semesters to go. Mm. (laughs) And it is hard to change, hard to handle Mainly because my interests have changed now. I'm no longer interested in science, but I ha- I don't have a choice right now. But I have to force myself to do science. But I guess what I need is a right push and a motivation, which I guess I have to complete my next two years. Yeah, Yeah, I see what you mean. So, I mean, that, that, that has been an mm. incredible story, honestly. Like there are so many twists and turns. And, <laughs> oh, sure. And, uh, I think there's definitely mm-hmm. you know, a lot to be learned from your personal story. Uh, 
So like mm. Just before we Round up This episode uh, What advice Would you like to give To your juniors Or Or people joining uni Uni this year Like me Okay If you are still Choosing your career Or your University choice Firstly I would ask you To research Research as Much as you can Not just about The course you are Doing But also the career Pathway it leads to If possible, even try doing an internship to see if that is what you really want. Secondly, Mm. don't decide based on what people like or what seems more prestigious kind of course because that that was a main mistake I did because I thought architecture was more prestigious than like any other course and I did that. But do what you really like and don't base it on Mm. what others may want you to do. And finally, if you're unsure of what you really want to do, take a gap year. If you're someone who doesn't like changing course like in the middle of your semester or something like me, and not so sure what you would want to do, gap year is really the best. However, mm-hmm. make sure you explore your career options during the gap year, not be a couch potato now. Because, mm-hmm. well, that's what a gap year is for, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have already chosen your career pathway and going into uni, I guess be more open, be more open to opportunities and enjoy your uni life as much as possible. Make a lot of friends, enjoy it and just let yourself free. I guess that is what uni is for because after this, we are going to enter a completely different world where we don't even, we may not even have time to do what we want and maybe the call, the career we are in may not even be what we enjoy so i guess take Mm. your time enjoy Mm. what you have now and i guess yeah that's about it and so you are so you're saying it's like it's okay to take you know the road not taken in a sense and like it's okay to take a gap year it's okay to change course you know like halfway through and like you feel the society wouldn't really judge you of course like it's always okay to take the road not taken. Mainly, it's just because it's just you'll have different experiences, unlike the rest. Let me tell you, you'll have more experiences compared to anyone else. Like, uh, see, like, come on, you have experiences of two causes or anything. Like, yeah. And, of course, most of us prefer the safe route. But if you are more adventurous, why not try new things? And... I would like to end off with this quote where the world is your oyster. Life has so many opportunities and make sure you never stop exploring. Even now, I'm so unsure unsure on what I want to do after getting my degree because I can't see myself working in a STEM career. However, since I'm not willing to change course again, I have opened myself to new opportunities that come my way. Mainly those that allow me to try new things to see where my interest lies, like internships or anything in a different stream. And even if you're sure of what you want to do, never stop exploring because you never know what you might like until you come across it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Anyway, I, I, think, I think you ended up really well. Like, I, I think it's very important to explore what, we would like to do in the future mm. and not be very you know rigid minded you know when it comes to like our career plans because mm. you know like 
just like a few days ago, I also came across an article published in Today, mm-hmm. uh, where this person by the name of you know, Natalie Lam did not join university immediately after A levels in twenty thirteen. Mm. So instead, she decided to to pursue a career as a flag stewardess with Singapore Airlines yeah. with the intention of joining university like two to three years later because mm-hmm. she like she she wanted to have a a better sense of what she wanted to do and um, she also enjoys flying yeah. and I think one can't really blame her because you know, if you ask me it's quite harsh to to ask an 18 year old you know, to make a life decision about his or her career mm. for like the next 30 or 40 years and you know, stick to it forever it's like you know it's like that decision you make it's like a lifelong commitment oh my, yeah. and I feel that shouldn't really be forced upon you know anyone because just because the society dictates you know you should so so yeah and eventually going back to the article you know she she found an interest in dentistry mm-hmm. you know while being an ass to with us and you know, she eventually enrolled in NUS dentistry in 2016 and she just completed mm-hmm. her degree so i guess you know people like her show uh, and of course you, you know to show like you know, it's okay to be different from mm-hmm. the rest you know, as long as you're passionate about what you want to study and you know, you're always willing to explore different things and you have no kind of clear path of what you want to work as. Now, I personally don't see it as an issue you know, if you delay your uni like yeah. one year or two years. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. it's a bad thing. And I think this is what you know, we kind of learn from your story as well. That, you know, it's, it's okay to change course and it's okay to change interests but just make sure you do not regret your decision when it comes mm, to the end of the day. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I think with that, we have pretty much come to the end of this episode. Uh, I hope you guys uh, had a great time listening to this <laughs> podcast. And I uh, hope Priya has inspired you all to be risk takers and convinced you all. I did learn a profile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you Bria for being on this episode do you have anything to say last um, thank you Gerard for having me in this episode and thank you everyone who has listened to my tragic uni story and I hope <laughs> you always accept yourself for taking the road that's led, not taken and just be more adventurous enjoy you only live once YOLO and be free Alright guys, so, so that's it from me in this week's episode of Gibberish with Gerard. Um, looking forward to my next episode, which you might not necessarily need to wait for a week. So that's all I can say for now. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for your support and see you all real soon. Goodbye.